Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Power Up Podcast, where we take multiple guests from different places in the esports industry, whether it's marketing, sales, social media, etc. And we give you a quick discussion on how to get into the space, some of the things they are seeing within the esports industry, and just give you the most value possible if you are trying to enter full-time, part-time, or even for an internship within esports. Uh, this is the inaugural episode, and I could not think of a better person, honestly, than Dylan Pomeroy, aka Thunderhips. Um, Dylan was... And is honestly my first mentor in the space, uh, and he is someone that was an easy sell for me to have as the first person on this podcast. Uh, just to give you guys a little bit of background about Dylan, uh, he has a Bachelor of Science in Marketing from the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire. Uh, he has sales experience uh, with non-esports related entities such as Tom James, who's a, a worldwide manufacturer and retailer in custom clothing. Uh, he did some digital marketing for Transformation Digital Marketing Agency, and he's also done some of his own consulting work on the side. And most recently, uh, in March of this year, he is now the market. He is marketing coordinator for the Minnesota Rocker, and now most recently, version one .gg or version one GG, who is the professional Rocket League team. So, Dylan, welcome to the podcast, and thank you so much for joining us today. Hey, thanks for having me, my friend. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, it, it's like I said in the in the little pitch there. It, this was an easy sell for me. Like it wasn't even close to who I wanted to have first on the podcast uh, to kind of talk Dylan up a little bit. He is someone that, uh, un, like, is completely selfless and had no better reason to uh, listen to this bugging kid in his Discord DMs asking for. I, I reached out to Dylan originally to get thoughts on my resume, and Dylan, without hesitation, was like, "Yeah, I'll help you out." And from then on, uh, he's been a mentor of mine. So it was an easy sell for me. Yeah, absolutely. We connected right away, man. That's, all, that's what it's all about. Yeah, man. So Dylan, just to start off, and the easiest thing is, is how did you get into the esports space uh, and what prompted all of that and just kind of your kind of quick journey on that? Yeah, I mean, well, we all are passionate about the industry, right? So mm -hmm. <laughs> there's no shortage of that. Um, but I, I come from, uh, you mentioned there, I did marketing consulting for a while. So I had my own business that... Um, Took me all over the place. Uh, I was consulting for startups, um, different tech industry type of companies. Um, I even worked with like cannabis and weed companies out on the West Coast for a while. Just just some of these emerging industries that um, needed marketing help and specifically startup marketing help. I know that's a little different. Um, mm -hmm. But what uh, ended up happening was that was an e easy segue into a passion of mine, which has always been gaming and esports. Um, especially as it blooms more and more in NA. Um, mm -hmm. But that's that's sort of my journey to get here. And, and since uh, joining Rocker and joining V1, um, it's been fun to be a part of the industry. Yeah. And for you, was it was gaming something you've always done since growing up and you've always had a passion for? Was it something you, want, you knew you kind of wanted to get into, like coming out of high school and stuff? Or is it something that kind of lately blossomed from a professional standpoint? Man... I was just talking about this with someone else, but I wish I would have been more into it. Well, mm -hmm. I was into it gaming forever. I mean, I had I had like the prototypical uh, uncle that works at Xbox. Like I literally have an uncle that worked at Xbox. Um, so I had all the new games. My little brother and I always played, mm -hmm. but uh, maybe dating myself a bit here. But uh, growing up as a like a high school jock, I was you know, video games, Halo, COD even a little bit mm -hmm. was not as mainstream, at least. I mean, it was mainstream, but it wasn't like cool to be a gamer. There wasn't much streaming, if at all. There was no um, Twitch or even uh, uh, anything before that. So mm -hmm. um, it was sort of a combo of things that I cared about where um, 
marketing specifically, business. I've always enjoyed business. I've always been an entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. And the the worlds collided when I actually started paying attention to uh, the Call of Duty League. So, or ex- at that time, Call of Duty World League. So, yeah, CW. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the CW. So, that was what got me into it as a passion almost, mm-hmm. like a hobby. And then I just started seeing things, man. I started, uh, as I'm sure you do and all of us do now, is I just started seeing opportunities. I saw, uh, things that stuck out to me where I could be an asset to the industry as a whole. And I think that's where a lot of us want to fit in um, is just growing this thing that we all care about uh, while we're involved with it from a professional standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. And, and just a quick touch note, like I love how you said it. It's, it wasn't kind of cool back then. Like me, I was a huge video game. I played three sports a year in high school, like super big jock, I guess is the best way to put it. But at the same time, I was a super big video game nerd, but I never professed that because it was like, it wasn't cool. And nowadays it's flipped. Like nowadays when I meet someone that hasn't heard of some of this stuff, especially ones in our age bracket, um, I'm like, really? Like, you don't know about this? Like it sells out stadiums now. Like, it's just, it's, it's funny how it's flipped and, uh, we've talked about this before, but like the next generation, I think you you won't be the cool kid if you aren't into that stuff. Like whoever has the biggest Twitch channel is going to be the popular kid in high school, not so much who can hit the base, who, who can hit a baseball the farthest. Personally, I think that's where it will go. I agree. Uh, I mean, we're already seeing it, right? People are, if you don't stream, it's almost weird, right? In tournaments, mm-hmm. you now have to have a cam on. If you're, it's going to be such a normal part of our reality that it's, you're, you're dead on, man. You're dead on. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so moving into kind of, what some of the listeners might want to know about is when you first, now that you're in the marketing role, you've been into it for almost a year now, nearly a year coming up on it. Um, what are some of the best practices? Cause you're someone that has a very fresh experience on it. Best practices for someone that maybe has their marketing degree. Maybe they've worked, you know, in non esports marketing roles and they're trying to get an industry to have a passion for it. What is some of the best practices you would say, or, you know, what's step one? Um, of what they should be doing to try to get in the industry. Man, step one. There's no step one. It's step one's the hardest thing, man, and everything. It's step one through eight on step yeah, one. Yeah, it um, is. I, that's a great question. To to think that through, there's a few facets that came to mind right as you were walking through it. Um, mm-hmm. What I think specifically is just the blending of all of these departments. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you're you're saying specifically like, the state of marketing or what's the best practice or something like that, that, that encompasses these days, um, social media, obviously content, video, mm-hmm. graphic, it includes partnerships, it includes PR. Um, it's this, this amalgamation. Is that how you say that? Amalgamation? I think that's the right word. Of- You're talking to a country boy. If it's, ever <laughs> <laughs> it's not gonna go. I can't spell it, but I think that's right. But it's uh, this, this Frankenstein of, making sure that a media style company, which is what a lot of esports teams are, esports mm-hmm. orgs are, um, are utilizing sellable assets in an efficient way through marketing channels, which again, our social media, our advertising, our um, even out of home like billboards or a typical commercial, um, mm-hmm. combining all of those facets into marketing is, is essentially where I would say is a huge start. I know you and I have talked about that a lot where, it's this blend of being really, really savvy with the industry. I think that's honestly the most important thing right now. Um, I think people can come from other industries and be just fine. Um, but at the same time, I think it's very important that we continue to grow the industry. Um, and if people want to learn and are knowledgeable about it, that's a different story. Um, cause that could be appreciated, but honestly taking a step in the first direction is 
being knowledgeable and then being able to think on the fly and combine all of those things while you're making important decisions. Um, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Yeah. It's being multifaceted and, and I, you're just echoing what I hear other people like Helena Malik, blonde venom, who's a marketing manager for 2k, uh, Cavs Legion team and Ben Mark, who now works for face it. Like some of these other people, they've all told me the same thing. Like you need to be able to do multiple, wear multiple hats at once while also like be a knockout at your original job. Um, <laughs> pretty much. It's really hard. Like, like, cause I was like, Ben, like what can I do to improve? He's like, I don't know, man, learn how to do graphics, learn how to video edit, learn how to do, you know, make memes, look how, learn how to do whatever you need. Like you need to be able to do multiple things. And then another point is having, having knowledge of the industry. Like, like you said, I have nothing wrong with really sharp minds who've worked in like traditional sports, you know, even, you know, some of the rocker sea level guys, like, extremely intelligent people Mm -hmm. but like the very perfect one of the reasons for this podcast is like i think personally in the last year we've kind of gotten away from just grabbing people who want to be in the industry you take someone like hitch who's one of the biggest video editors in esports like he just wanted to be a part of it i think there's so many people out there who i'd rather have in this industry i'd rather have someone who's average talent but is engrossed in it than someone who is one of the sharpest guys at the table, but he's just doing it because it's a business opportunity or maybe he kind of likes it. It's like half work, half not, maybe not. I don't know. But for me personally, I think we need to have more people in the industry that have grown up in it and know it like the back of their hand, basically. Well, it's another language. Yeah. It, it literally mm-hmm. is English, Spanish, French, like esports. <laughs> like mm-hmm. if you wake up and uh, Call of Duty has announced it's going controller and PC, but the announcement went out at 2 a.m. That is now your day. You have now the drama of the day. Um, mm-hmm. That that's type of thing that if you're and I, I again, I'm not super into other industries, so I don't know. That might be the thing if it's like that in fashion or if it's mm-hmm. like that in traditional. I'm sure it's like that in traditional sports more, but that is one of the things that I've told my buddies that are getting into esports that are getting into. Um, just gaming the way you and I are, where it's mm. Twitch is on all the time. It's not football Sundays. It's Valorant right now. Like, you know, mm. I just am, it, I'm always watching it. So having that angle is something that I think a lot of people miss, especially when they think of us all as such fanboys, as well as being professionals within industry. It's such an, it's such a massive thing that changes in ebbs and flows. Uh, mm-hmm no matter what time of day it is. Um, yeah. Yep. Doesn't, a, it literally doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. There's a culture to it. Like I, I'm a huge NBA fan. Like I am like, I'd had, I, I would love for someone to try to like come up against me when it comes to college basketball and NBA basketball. I'll say it out front. Like I'm trying to make this comparison on purpose is like in the esports, if you don't watch or consume content or an esport for a certain amount of time, you were out of the loop. Whereas in it, well, from a culture standpoint, from a, you know, ear to the ground standpoint, like you're just out of the loop. Whereas in traditional sports, I feel like, like you can skip a few games or you can go out for out a week and you can come back to it and you might have a little bit of catching up, especially if you're on like a player management side. But for the most part, like you don't miss a whole lot unless something crazy breaking happened. Whereas in esports, like if you're out of esports for a month, like good luck. Like the amount of catch up you're gonna have to do on what's happened and how it's progressed is unbelievable. I think it's just because of the infancy of the industry a little bit. Mm. Um, but I agree. Like, yeah, being engrossed like me, as much as I watch esports, like I I can't tell you what's happening in CS:GO right now, 100. I can't tell you what's happening in like these random niche esports, other niche esports. I'm more of like Valorant, COD, and um a little bit of a couple other ones, but those like take up my whole time. Uh, well, you yeah. pick and yeah, you pick and choose. That's the other thing too, is that I know we're, <laughs> we don't need to do the whole traditional sports, esports comparison already, but mm-hmm. that's, that's yeah. always part of it, man, is that people think that, 
the four majors are what are being compared to all of esports. That's not mm-hmm. necessarily what we're doing, right? Like, uh, you know, it's all these people, even streamers or athletes themselves are their own brand now. Um, you know, I pulled up XQC. We were watching Monday Night Football. My buddy's telling me how esports would never have their own day. The NFL has <laughs> Sunday. You know, the whole they own a day of the week, blah, blah, blah type of quote. And, you know, I pull up XQC playing Among Us to 80,000 people. I'm like, this is where marketing is going. It's intentional, mm-hmm. influenced marketing that's really targeted at an engaged audience versus me who just has on Thursday Night Football because it's what you do. You know what I yeah. mean? It's, it's, mm-hmm. this, it's this next generation of really intentional marketing, if we're going to keep using that word, I guess. It's really intentionally targeted at these loyal fans of something we all care about. And I think that's the thing that brands and companies aren't quite seeing yet that mm-hmm. when it, I mean, it's happening already, but when it continues to happen, we'll just be an avalanche um, for partnerships, for, for incoming money, for investment, for equity, all those, uh, all those types of things. Mm-hmm. I think that's a perfect segue too. is, and this is such a macro question. When you read it out, you're probably like this, this mother effer right here, but like, what is the state of marketing and esports in your opinion? You don't have to go too macro because that's such a broad question and marketing can mean 10 things depending on who you're talking to. Um, but what do you think is the state of like, I guess what's popular right now on the trends and then where do you see it going forward? So to speak, like, what are you caring about? I guess is the best way to put it. Yeah. Well, and, and, To your point of it being a macro question, uh, even the word marketing is its own macro, Mm -hmm. you know, smattering of roles. Like when I had a, um, when I owned my own business, when I was an agency, I always pitched my clients that I had four pillars that I specialized in. And that was website management, SEO, content, and then basically this all encompassing idea of graphic design, video, like using all those components to, create ads. Like, you know what I mean? There's so mm-hmm. many things that you can consider like a pillar of marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it gets really diluted and convoluted. But to, to answer that, I guess one of the things I would say is that it's the coolest marketing right now. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I know you get used, you, you have mentioned it in your classes or I've had people that want to talk and, and use it as a project that we've chatted, things like that. Um, mm-hmm. The the speed of marketing in esports is exponential compared to other industries. Um, mm-hmm. Again, even fast paced ones that we've talked about. So, the overall state of marketing, in my opinion, is getting closer to this idea of nonchalant partnerships. Like mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not this big commercial. It's not this huge, um, you know, groundbreaking deal, which are important, obviously, but. I think a good example, uh, shout out BZ, but um, a good example is uh, Formula One. BZ and I talk about Formula One a lot and Mm -hmm. their move online, not online, but their move online during COVID, uh, they actually extended their season. They added two more races. So what that means is that they have money. There's, you know, the the Mm -hmm. pandemic hasn't influenced them as much as other industries. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, esports is kind of the same. We... We didn't take a huge hit. We took a hit, obviously. But um, the cool thing about Formula One is that that means their sponsors are still paying. There's still partners. There's still viewership. Um, And that's what marketing and esports really is angling for now, right? Like it's a few different facets only. It's viewership and how do those viewers convert into clients, into customers of these brands that we want to work with. Mm -hmm. And the overall state of marketing, 
I would say is uh, excited. Maybe that's the right word <laughs> is excitable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, because it's there. It's this big balloon, right? Everybody's waiting to pop it. It's It's been somewhat popped. There's these cool activations that are happening already. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the opportunity is there. And it's that it's the language between, like I said, 87,000 loyal fans watching XQC waiting to get a Taco Bell commercial versus just throwing you know crap at a wall in front of a million people and seeing how many in you know actually invest in whatever you're trying to sell them mm-hmm. i think that's an important thing that we work on is really segmenting our audience and taking them seriously you know i think our our generation the next generation is really smart and on top of that we're really skeptical um mm-hmm. we want to feel heard we want loyalty um you know we're kind of coming out of this era of cookies and like our you know intentions being tracked quite literally mm-hmm. and being marketed that uh and now we're in this opportunity of really cool things that we could be loyal to as long as we see them in the right spots yep and i i and we've talked about this offline but i i told you i think gen zers and then even more niche specifically esports like gen z late millennials are like some of the smartest consumers ever because they've been exposed to cookies because they've been exposed to target advertising target market they know they can see through bs so quickly it's not even funny um and when you pair that with like i just did my uh the paper i told you about with so i had to do a paper on pick a viral video and why it went viral and why do you think it went viral why well, do everything esports related because i'm an asshole like that with my classes and so i did <laughs> i did it's not esports it's gaming but i did Le- the leroy jenkins video from 10 years ago i thought Beauty. that was hilarious great and I ex- but i actually found a couple of references of like why are why are new generations why what makes them hit the share button what makes them you know support a brand over another brand that may be cheaper. And it's, and they came up with all these different factors. And some of the factors that came up for Gen Zers were like, uh, you know, first to share, which is like they show their buddies, like they're the first one to share it. Another one was inclusion, which is the biggest one, in my opinion. They want to feel mm-hmm. included. And then there was other ones, you know, sentimental feeling. But it all just it goes back up to the esports market and the consumer market is more emotional based. Like I know guys that like me, I will buy – HyperX headsets because I, I, even if they're a little bit more expensive because HyperX has sold me from an emotional standpoint, like a marketing standpoint, but then I have a Logitech keyboard. Like there's certain different things where I will purchase something because I, I'm emotionally attached to that brand more than other brands. And I think that's way more relevant in esports. So as a marketer, you know, I think it's, it's a little bit easier because like you said, it's the excitement of it. And there's a lot of things you can play off of from an emotional standpoint, but it's also harder because converting Converting emotional-based marketing into sales and numbers is a lot. It's a lot harder to project that. Like when someone's like, "All right, where do you think our or where do you think we're going to be in six months, a year?" It's like, "Good luck, dude." Like I, I, I try to give someone an honest opinion on that. Like, where are you going to be in a year when it comes to growth and and sales and things of that number, like actual revenue? Well, that's because I think we don't know. I think that there's, mm-hmm. you know, people again. To- do this traditional and non or this traditional and esports comparison is that everyone always asks like what's the next espn for esports and to be honest there already is in my opinion there's espn esports mm-hmm. but there's twitch that that's espn already that's the way that we're gonna take in entertainment we're gonna take in content and like i said the same way that our parents or our parents parents listen to talk radio that's what Twitch is. That's what YouTube TV is going to be. That's why these deals like with the CDL and with, uh, with Google are so massive from a 
again, a macro scale, like you said, mm. that's important. That that type of growth and that type of expansion is is should it should be thought of very strategically. And I mean, to your point, like we may not, we can't even really decipher the trajectory because the way that this is going to work long term, it, it's not there right now. Like mm. we're doing the things that keep this thing moving. Like I've talked to you about how important franchising is, how important it is for legitimacy, how important it is for officiating, for ground rules, ground rules to be set. Mm. Um, that's part of year one of NFL, year one of NHL, whatever it might be. So the the building blocks are there. Um, you know, EU, APAC, all those are already doing the things we're, you know, just a second behind, not even that much, but mm-hmm. NA is that's, we're going to be able to be the ones that set the tone in a different way. Um, and that's, what's exciting about, you know, being a part about this industry, man, or being a part of this industry is we we're setting the things, man, we're setting the building blocks. So it'll mm-hmm. work. It'll work. It just is. It's going to be an interesting journey. Yeah, I agree. And and to go on that point, and this is one of the things that we talked about before is if there is somewhere, if there's not, you can pass this question. It's totally fine. But where is an area that you think could be more developed or looked at in the market and like things that you think aren't being fully exploited like they could be that you think would progress the industry as a whole further? Um, One that I like to talk about, that's actually a great question too. I've never seen that question before. So one that I like to bring up is just... Uh, I don't know what to call it besides the Marshawn Lynch. Um, mm-hmm. But I, my uncle lives in Seattle, Microsoft uncle, um, mm-hmm. ironically, same guy. He, when I would be out there, they're big Seattle Seahawks fans. And when I was visiting, there was one, I'm probably embellishing it a bit now, but there was one commercial break. Mm-hmm. Marshawn Lynch was in a HVAC commercial. He was in uh, like the local bank. He was, he was a part of every like little mm-hmm. local thing. And I thought it was a really, he almost like got the bit, you know what I mean? Like he almost memed himself and he knew it was kind of ironic. He knew he was used car salesman guy. He knew he was just taking whatever. I mean, that's his first time. Marshawn Lynch is one of those, you know, alpha type. Like he's just perfect for television to be completely honest. Exactly. Yeah. And and yeah. that's, a, that's something that esports has already, or gaming in general has already beat to the punch is that all these guys are personalities before they come into an org versus the other way around where a franchise makes a player, right? Like a sports Mm -hmm. franchise. So one thing that I think leaning into more is that whole mantra of your brand being represented by individuals, not Mm -hmm. a bunch of individuals representing your brand. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It's this thing that there's a reason phase has phase scissors phase, you know, they have their name in front of it. hundred T, you know, all these branding little minute branding things um when we talk about what could be more developed it's it's those things where you really lean into they're not smaller names obviously they're just their own brand so you lean Mm -hmm. into the smaller things um and you have this local angle of growing esports on a small scale Mm -hmm. that turns into a large scale like i was talking to a, a buddy today um actually over at Mankato shout out Paul um, <laughs> over at Mankato state. And I, we were talking about how important it is for these colleges to get esport programs rolling. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was, he was telling me like how it's been an exciting journey. We talked like last year and now they have a little bit of an org, they have a club going and that will be the next feeder. You know, it'll be the NCAA football. Like how cool mm-hmm. would it be on a Saturday 
or whatever day that it's like a cod Saturday and it's call co- it's college cod and there's all these different prospects like yeah, the Alabama quality team versus like Michigan oh, like I get like chills yeah. man like I want yeah, that yeah, so bad yeah. and we're we're setting those though we are doing the things right now uh, that will that will make that be a thing someday and then all of this all like again this is all about marketing but that it all just comes together um, and I get pretty yeah. excited about that as I as I probably just showed. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree with you. And and even just like a micro example, like I've done some stream team lead stuff, as you know, and like, I've had a lot of people ask me like, how do we get the streamers involved in the org? Like, what do we have to do? And it's like, no, dude, you get that you have to flip that question. Like, how does the org get involved with the streamers platform? If you're trying to use their platform to build yours, you're ass backwards. Um, and I was ass backwards for a time. Like, I'm not saying like I knew it from the very beginning. I started when I first started doing that, I was like, you know, how do we get them involved in X or, you know, it's the other way around. Like, how can you input your brand and what they're already building? Um, and that's also a lesson for streamers out there. Like that's how it should be. But yeah, so I agree. It's individually run based. Optic gaming is the perfect example of that where individuals run the brand, the brand doesn't run it. Um, regardless of how it ended, it didn't matter. Like when Hector and those careers left, that whole fan base left. So, um, so very timely, very timely. Yeah. Very time, very timely <laughs> thing to bring up. That's a whole, I could talk for that for 30 minutes. So, um, uh, different podcast, right? Yeah. We're dating the podcast, but it's right when Hector broke that he acquired optic game, or at least allegedly nothing's confirmed. Jeff. But, uh, yeah. So looking into what's been more developed, I guess, um, one thing I wanted to hit on before we get into our final little session here is what are some things you wish you were unknown? Like, I always like to talk about my failures. Like if you want to be successful in life, talk about your failures, like, and you need to be comfortable with failure and you need to seek out failure. Like if it's crazy as that sounds. So before are some things that you wish you would have known that maybe you can help someone else coming into the space and things where you're like, damn it, Dylan, why don't I freaking do that? Um, and just something to help somebody else maybe uh, along their way. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I, I, I love answering this question. I think I answer it different all the time. Because um, mm-hmm. there's but, so many to choose from. I know I have so many. Exactly. No. Yeah. Well, it's it's yeah. all it's all relative, right? And I think mm-hmm. like one that just came to mind as you were saying that, and it's partly because of our relationship, I would say. But um, the two that came to mind are are just being confident. Like trusting in your knowledge is the most important thing in this space. If you know your stuff, um, if you know the industry, if you get the memes, if you get the bit you're a step above, I mean, obviously someone who doesn't. And a lot of people that are in the industry are working hard or or trying to learn it. Like that's a really cool angle that I think a lot of people discount themselves because of their age, because of their um, executive level, because of if they have a degree or not. Yeah, Mm -hmm. their experience, anything like that. So just trusting in your confidence, I would say is a huge step. If you you believe – you know, for me, it just happened to be esports and it happened to be marketing, mm-hmm. but I'm good at marketing. Like, I don't doubt that in myself and I enjoy esports. Like, let's put these two together. So being confident in your skill set, being confident in your knowledge, your expertise, um, that's a big key. And the other is uh, a little more minute, but trust in the social media process, trust in DMs, um, literally slide into people's inboxes, talk, Um I know I say it to you all the time and I've said it probably numerous times on this podcast already, but we're building this thing right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Any DM, any conversation, anything like this is a part of the history of call of duty is the part of, is a part of history for rocket league for esports in general. Um, And if you're passionate about it and you enjoy it, like turn it into, turn into work, like make cool things. Like some of the decks I've seen that you do, 
uh, articles. I love writing. Like those are things that I enjoy. Mm-hmm. Make it part of the history of this industry, and mm-hmm. you know that. And the overarching, I said slide in DMs, but that's I mean it. Like those are the cool ways that you and I have connected. I mean, I'm looking at my Discord right now, and I, I wouldn't know any of these people. Uh, if it wasn't for esports, if it wasn't for Rocker V1, um, mm-hmm. we're all just in this together, man. <laughs> so cheesy, but we're all we're all growing this thing. There's no competition. We're all just growing this thing. Yeah, it's true. If you're a professional, like to Dylan's point is, there's people like with this podcast, some of the episodes coming up that I have to I, we have to lock on recording days and stuff. But like, I I threw that DM out there, DM out there because of guys like Dylan and other people like telling me like, and Gary B. I'm a huge fan of him. I've referenced him like 30 times in my podcast. But he's like, he said people are always like, what do you, what, what should I do to be like trying to grow this? And he's like, how many people have you Instagram DM'd in the past week? And they're like, Oh, like 20. He's like, you need to be DMing like 500 creators. And so like, it's that mentality. And it's not. And when we say that, I want to bring this point up. I know Dylan means this too. He just, we want to expound upon is when we say slide people's DMs, don't just be like, Hey man, what's up? Like I'm doing this. Like you don't have to be static robot, but have some level of professionalism, have a game plan of like what you're doing, why you want to do it how I can bring value to them and bring value to you. But at the same time, the main point is like reach out to people. There's been people I reached out to where I was like, there's no way this person's going to answer me. And two days later, they're like, yeah, it sounds really cool. Like let's lock on a date. And I'm like, wait, what? Like you, I have, you have no clue who I am and I have no cool org behind me talking about it. Um, that literally happened. I'm not going to say who, but on LinkedIn last week, I was like, why are you, why are you responding to me right now? But I'll take it. Um, Nailed it. Yeah. And to your first point, like Dylan's also hitting me in the feels because he knows how shamelessly humble I am. So like coming from someone who will not give himself credit unless he's pretty much forced to um, do it because there have been in times and I saw this in my military background as well. If you don't appear confident, people will see you as incompetent. And even when you're not, um, you could be the smartest person in the room. But if you aren't, you don't have to be boastful, but if you're not confident in what you're doing, then you're just as useless as somebody who doesn't know what they're doing, in my opinion, or close to it. Um, so both those points are really well, really well put together, and I appreciate that feedback. Yeah, um, I love that one. That's really cool. Yep. So anybody getting into the esports space, like or especially marketing, like those are two things you can look at to help improve yourself. Um, for the last point of this podcast, because I wanted to wrap it up, um, each each one of these episodes, I'm going to try to pick something with with the with the guest, something that we wanted to talk about. And Dylan didn't have anything specific, so I had a bone to pick. Um, but we'll try not to go too far of a down a rabbit hole. I always have an issue for anyone listening with comparing traditional sports marketing to esports marketing. We've kind of already touched about it a little bit in the podcast, but people I think are trying to marry up traditional sports and esports too much in multiple different departments, not just marketing. Um, but kind of give your thoughts on compare and contrast to traditional sports marketing as opposed to esports marketing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We we definitely have brought up a few points that um would factor into this, but I think overall, like the overarching comparison is just the two industries as a whole are are very different on what they're built on. Mm-hmm. Um I've mentioned it already, but esports marketing or esports in general, uh we're a media company, you know, that's, that's what the goal always should be is first to press, uh, any updates, press releases, like we, you know, that's where people go. We go to Twitter first, right? We, we check the news via Twitter. That's what we're doing. And so I think that the traditional marketing side of things, uh, I know we're talking like, I just went again, sports wise, but just traditional marketing in general is, is very slow. It's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's very just slow. I worked in, 
Um, I worked with a startup healthcare like hospital chain. Um, they were pretty lean for a hospital, but that's it was old school, man. It's very slow. It's very like you know, let's get a graphic out on Thanksgiving type of thing versus esports where it's reactionary. Um, it's like if you've been on Twitter this morning and looked at this, like yeah, it's groundbreaking. It's it yeah, happens exactly. so fast, and if you miss it, you know it it, it can be a PR nightmare. I mean, it's like I said, all these things are factored into marketing so much now that the the biggest change between or the biggest comparison between between traditional marketing and esports marketing is just the pace of it and, and the the fluidity of it. I guess would be the better word. Mm-hmm. Like to change on the fly to have Rock Royale be Tuesday, Wednesday, and then it only be Wednesday. <laughs> like you know, these are are things that happen fast, and we don't like to lose. We're all competitors. Um, being gamers, right? Uh, so we all try to win all the time, and and however we get to win, um, sometimes there's an interesting angle there, and that's where these big ideas come from. So traditional marketing sets the base. I think esports marketing. I think these these tech startups and and other even social media outlets, like that's where marketing is already going, and and there's going to be some really really cool freaking things that happen um, because of this space, because of the the individuals that work here, the orgs that are involved. Like I, I know I get pretty excited about it. I know I'm passionate about it, but it is a very cool thing to be a part of and, and to have individuals like yourself be a part of um, we're moving this thing. And it's, it's a very cool thing to be a part of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, to, to sum up what you said, I think it's just pace is the word. Like it's just, it's little pace um, working with Trish. I haven't done a ton of traditional marketing, but I have worked even just in traditional sets and it's more of like, you know, for in my opinion, for every one or two things you do in a traditional sense, you've already done like eight or nine little micro things in esports, and then you have to do that. You don't have a choice. Um, it's not like what is your task or a day. It's okay. I have this in the background, and I got to do all seven of these other things while also being spun up on everything else. Because people don't so most true. most esports consumers don't find you through a Google search. Some do, but not a lot through a Google search or through a website. Like I can't tell you. I can tell you on one hand how many esports websites I've been on in the last six months. Mm-hmm. It's just the nature of consumers. Like they're going to find you through Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, Facebook, even Facebook. Like all these, like whatever the newest social media platforms are. Yep. Um, I would say I would venture to guess this is an arbitrary number, like n- numbers are made up and rules don't matter, but I would say 80 to 90% of how people find you is through social media now. So like, and social media in itself is normally its own job. So as a marketer, like that's like, now you got to deal with social media. Um, but yeah, it just goes down to pace. I think is the best it's way, good way to, to sum it up yep. way Accurate. is pace. Um, yeah, Dylan, I, for anyone listening, uh, again, this is an Argo episode. I'm trying to make these episodes for you guys, you know, somewhat quicker, um, not like hour long podcasts, somewhere between 25, 35 minutes, depending on the pace of the conversation. Just kind of give you a little bit of insight on somebody that is working in a place that you want to be at. Like they are where you want to be. So seeing how they think, what their brain is looking at, like what they're looking at, what their brain is thinking, and just some of the things that they're addressing. Hopefully it can help you kind of set the framework for what you want to do um, and how you want to approach things later on as you get more into this space. But Dylan, thank you so much for joining us. And before you head out, Dylan, do you want to shout out uh, any of your stuff and and we'll get on our way? Yeah, no, again, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, I'm honored. Um, it's great to have you back in the States as well. Welcome. But uh, yeah. yeah, no, at Dylan Pomeroy on Twitter, just my first last and then at thunder underscore hips. If you ever want to catch me on Twitch, but Slide in those DMs. Those are the two places I am. And and I mean, 
if we connect there, we'll connect everywhere. We'll connect Discord. Like, I know I can't say it enough, but slide in DMs and let's keep uh, let's keep growing this thing. It's super fun to be a part of, and like I said, it's an honor to to even be on here chatting about it. It seems surreal for me, so uh, it's an absolute pleasure, my friend. Yeah, man. And for anyone listening on podcasting platform, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, I'll have Dylan's Twitter at in the description so you can look him up there. For anyone on YouTube, all of his social links will be down below. I will highlight his Twitch because he's already close. He's getting up there, partner. It's going to happen. <laughs> I, give it a, I give it a couple points. Keep um, no, but yeah, so if you want to watch some good Warzone, um, some Call of Duty, maybe a little Valorant or some other w- different game, Rocket League now, he's learning uh with some guys because now i just went free to play but yeah check him out guys uh please give him some love because he deserves it um and yeah for the dm thing he's not he's not kidding like if he has the time to respond to you he's going to that's just i know he's totally comfortable with me saying that of course um so but yeah thank you guys so much for listening and we will see you guys next time on the power up podcast thank you so much see y'all